Thank you to everyone who makes this show possible, as well as ad-free through the support on Patreon. And shout out to the one person in Uganda who has streamed the first two episodes. My name is Joe Perra, and it's nice of you to join me for another Sunday evening in my basement. I've even had some time to organize it a bit since I returned from doing shows in Arizona. It was a nice trip. I'd heard that a lot of people had moved there in recent years and that there was a loss of local character as it grew, but I disagree. I went to the gym in Phoenix, and there was now one, but three guys working out in jeans, upper body only. Hey, the West wasn't once slash stolen by guys with big juicy asses. Arizona still Arizona. Before February, I'd only been to the state once before, but I have a vivid memory of being on the airport shuttle bus at 5 a.m., there was the most beautiful sunrise. Red, then pink, orange, and yellow. All the colors you could hope for in a sunrise over an airport. I commented on it to the driver of the shuttle who agreed. He said that the sunrises in Phoenix still impressed him after 20 years, having moved from the East Coast for a relationship that fell apart within a month. He wasn't upset though, because it got him to the Southwest. If I was driving an airport bus, Phoenix's Sky Harbor Airport seems like one of the better ones to do it at. I think it's the best-named airport, though I'd understand if you'd argue for Batman Airport in Turkey. That's real. Sky Harbor Airport. Sky Harbor Airport. Sky Harbor Airport. Beautifully named The Suitable Imagination and Reverence for Flight by J. Parker Van Zandt in 1929. It really deserves a theme. Imagine, you are driving the airport shuttle bus from the rental car center. A glimpse of dawn out the corner of your eye as you transport sleepy passengers up the ramp to departures on their way out of town. You turn onto a straightaway and find yourself heading directly towards the sun, emerging from the horizon. Orange light explodes through the bus windshield. You adjust your grip on that big steering wheel and smile. What is one failed love, even 50, next to this experience each morning? Nothing. 
first flight of the morning, the 737 on its way to San Diego flies directly overhead. Everyone on the bus cheers. Welcome to Sky Harbor Airport. Watch your step and let me know if you need help with your luggage. They should make a video game of that. Sky Harbor Bus Driver. Especially because I learned this trip that the job no longer exists after being replaced by an air train extension in 2022. But I'd play that game, wouldn't you? A simulator where you have to get people to their terminals on time and also seek romance in the modern Phoenix dating scene as a middle-aged person. You ever wonder what a video game of your life would be like? Mine would be called Trying to Write, and I'd recommend playing anything else. I'm hoping to try Firewatch, a game about a park ranger, the new Zelda, and perhaps do another speedrun of Elden Ring. It's stuff I could have never imagined when I was playing Lilyhammer Winter Olympics on my Game Boy or Age of Empires on PC. I do have a tendency to get sucked in, and that's why, in the decade before the pandemic, I hadn't played them at all. When I turned 18, I decided I should pause for a bit if I wanted to get anything done. But stuck inside, I got a setup in Red Dead Redemption 2, the Western game friends had told me about. Forgive my enthusiasm, but wow. It was hard to do the controllers again. Things have sped up. But once my thumbs got their strength back, I was traveling west with my new gang, robbing trains and occasionally sneaking off to do some fishing. Part of me felt like a painter popping my head into a movie theater for the first time and realizing, oh, the medium I work in is history. Why wouldn't you want to watch an outlaw show or movie when you can be in one? The moment that stood out was when, after hours in the wilderness and western towns with dirt roads, you enter a cobblestone city influenced by New Orleans on horseback and you feel the turn of the century. You're wearing the animal skin jacket you're so proud to have acquired, but it looks so out of place as people around you ride trolleys and fancy suits. No book or movie has given me that feeling to the same degree. This will sound sad, but some of the best times I had during COVID were playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Not even the missions, just roaming around the snowy mountains till 3 a.m. with my horse, Dog Liani, rest in peace. Me and my cooler, tougher avatar, Arthur Morgan, also rest in peace, would just ride around the digital nature and I would feel a real calm. Probably spend as many hours with Arthur as anyone else during the early pandemic, 
and was nervous as heck to speak with Roger Clark, who played him, on the phone. Hello? Hi, is this Roger? Speaking. How are you, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. My son, uh, I'm in my office. Oh, nice. My son just started, he just started his Xbox. So I'm going to go into my sound booth where we won't hear him. <laughs> what is your favorite video game of all time? Oh, well, I'm, I'm totally biased. I mean, it is Red Dead 2, but that's a boring answer. I know. No. So if I had to come up with a, with a different answer, I guess it's a tie. I'm Gen X, so I grew up, I was the first generation to grow up with video games. I remember Pong and the Atari. So I started out on the, like these pixelated characters with, and then I took a break after college. I just, you know, got disenchanted or I just ran out of time. Yeah. And I didn't touch any consoles for like a long time. And then I was like 30. I. For whatever reason, I got my hands on an Xbox 360, mm -hmm. and I went back into the video game store for the first time in a long time, and I said, I told him what I liked. Yeah. Um, and he recommended Skyrim mm -hmm. and Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> and both of those games changed me, changed my life. You know, I both, loved both of those games. They're both really really well done detailed worlds that you can just live in and inhabit as you see fit and they were both games that my wife at the time girlfriend didn't mind in the being on in the background because you know there, there was beautiful scenery and there was always usually horses you know yeah i love the horses too having the horse friend of my own Plus, getting to hang out with the 234 other in-game animals in a landscape that looked and sounded convincingly real was probably a major part of why I got so absorbed. Half of art entertainment is capturing and conveying feeling. I like being outside. It feels good to me. That's why I include those elements on this podcast and on the TV show. I assume that if you are listening, you probably agree that there ought to be more trees and entertainment, and real snow. Tajiri Satoshi had a similar desire to include nature in his game, Pokemon. In an interview, he said that the inspiration for the game was catching bugs, a childhood hobby of his he watched disappear as Japan urbanized in the late 20th century. Tajiri remembered that even inside wider Tokyo metropolitan area, there were still rice paddies, rivers, forests. It was full of nature. He spent so much time outside capturing and caring for insects that he even got the nickname Dr. Bug. But you can see the nostalgia in the game's rural setting and even Ash Ketchum's throwback hat and clothes. The ability to spend time in a lost era and nature is shared by both Pokemon and Red Dead and Sky Harbor Bus Driver. There's going to be a section where you drive the bus to the desert south of Phoenix and attempt to figure out why your relationships don't last. 
There is an irony to planting a garden in Animal Crossing or farming in Stardew Valley, but are video games and nature at odds? Not entirely, says a research article I found that said people who play Red Dead 2 were better at identifying animals in real life. It proposed that video games could be a teaching tool and foster an appreciation for nature, perhaps empathy too. It's interesting to think about, but I do wonder if the natural environment I experienced in Red Dead makes me desire real nature. Or does Red Dead use nature to make me desire more Red Dead? The human quality Roger and other actors brought to the game made it special as well. You spent four years with the character doing motion capture while doing the games? Yeah, almost five. It was five years. Almost, almost exactly to the day. Yeah. Wow. I did all of Arthur's animations. I did the cutscenes and the in-game animations, except for major stunts. Then the amazing stunt performers would jump in. But 95% of what you see Arthur do is is me, and I'm really grateful for that because it gave if it gave me an ownership of Arthur that you know this is the way he walks, this is the way he talks, yeah. this is the way he reacts in that situation, this is the way he reacts in another, and it's an amazing way to work. Motion capture fascinates me. It's exciting, and you could really feel it. I was playing poker as Arthur last night. Just your posture while sitting and moving, getting up from the chair—it has a human quality that was never there before. You could tell it's the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope this isn't too personal, but uh, you mentioned you had a wife. When you played through the game yourself, how often? Did you take a bath, and how often would you pay the woman to help you bathe? <laughs> so I would take a bath fairly often because I didn't like getting slapped around by Grimshaw. Yeah, that's funny. And your spouse never got upset. She never watched me play it. She still hasn't played it. Really? Yeah. But those bits, um, you know, we. When we mocapped them, you know, we were wearing suits, so it was, it was far more innocent than you would think. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> was it a lot of additional pressure knowing that you're such an important, the human element of this giant project? Well, I was a little nervous because I knew how much everyone liked John Marston. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a little off-putting. So early on, I kind of made the realization that I can't really do what John Marston did. I was going to have to do my own thing. You can't out John Marston, John Marston. So I just tried to do whatever I could to be as honest and authentic as possible so that hopefully that that didn't happen. And I, I don't think it did. I think people grew to like your character very fast. I'm really, really, really grateful for that, I'll tell you. I'm excited to check out Roger's new character in the upcoming sci-fi game, Fort Solace. While we were on the phone, I figured I'd ask. I'm hoping to someday make a video game myself called Sky Harbor Airport Driver about the shuttle bus driver at the Phoenix Airport. If I could get the funding, would you ever consider doing the main character, Charlie? Uh, I mean, uh, sure. Sure, why not? You know, I 
uh, uh, give us a look at the script and uh, yeah, I, I certainly appreciate you asking. I emailed him a scene I wrote and here it is. Since he studied in Wales, we figured uh, why not give the main character a Welsh accent? I'm putting it all on the table right now. I have a good heart. I follow it. Years ago, it brought me from my small town in Wales to this Arizona. But I have been unlucky in love, so unlucky. Fourteen women have walked away when I cared the most. A human heart shouldn't survive so many blows, but mine did. Mine does. Because each morning, as I see the sun rising over the desert, and I drive the airport shuttle bus towards it, I'm reminded there's hope. So, Stephanie, why can't this work? I get along fabulously with your grown son, Evan, and all of your stepkids, too. I'm not asking for forever, I'm just asking. Do you want to go to the weekend concert with me on Saturday? Very, very powerful. Does this mean there'll be a playable version of a weekend concert? Uh, yep. That's incredible to think about. Well, there's no way this doesn't work out for this guy if she goes with him to see the new King of Pop. <laughs> Sorry, Bruno Mars. You know, could you imagine at an 80,000-person stadium and they sway together as the weekend sings that one song of his about fingering a woman? I didn't say it. He did. You're just going to have to play if you want to find out if he finds love at the weekend concert. It was a joy to talk to Roger for many reasons, but in part because briefly it felt like I had my friend Arthur back. If you don't want a spoiler, you can fall asleep now. But for a while during Red Dead, you just think it's some good old outlaw fun. However, halfway through, Arthur contracts tuberculosis and you realize that the game is about loss and you experience him die for the next, I don't know, 20 hours. And the loss doesn't stop there. You lose your horse. You watch the West get subdued and there's nothing that you can do. You can start the game over and bring him back to life, but he's only going to die slowly again. It's pretty heavy to make players consider whether our own fates are baked into our character too. I suppose one advantage of the real world is that someone was able to craft a tuberculosis treatment. I combined all sorts of in-game ingredients but could not manage to make isoniazid. Maybe loss is part of all video games. Loss of time, sleep, $45,000 in microtransactions. I actually only lost 12, but I'll tell you that story another time. It's just that when you start these modern games, it's like you're agreeing to trade in 20 to 30 hours of your life. And what do you gain? From the right ones, a lot. You get to experience life from another point of view and spend time in an alternate world 
which can make you reconsider aspects of your own. Playing these games reminded me that there's more possibilities than I typically consider. I will now occasionally think, why don't I climb that? What is stopping me from wandering around till I see a guy and ask if he has a mission to help with? Or why don't I steal a cart tomorrow? Or, you know, we all just uh, share vehicles. I know these are like cocaine thoughts, which I have never done, but I did read that the World Health Organization believes video games can be just as addictive for some people. But open world video games do raise questions about limitations that are interesting to think about. You know where there are no limitations? Your dreams. What if I had said Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse? You really gotta check it out. No, I could go on all night. This is such a big topic, but send me your game breaks and let's return to it another time. For now, good night. Music by Dan Deacon. Sound and additional music by Ryan Dan. Produced by Grant Farsi for Chestnut Walnut. And thanks to patrons Sophia C., Justin B., and Lacey V. for their support. folks that's it you've been drifting off with joe pair enjoy sweet dreams you're all